0: The Michael Hatfield Remax Team presents Real Estate and More. Bay Area real estate is different than in all of America and why? What's up with home buyers? What's on sellers' minds? How is the market? And much, much more. Now, here's your host, Michael Hatfield. Welcome back this beautiful morning to the Real Estate and More Show, and thank you for listening. We're unable to finish last week all of our questions for Contra Costa County Planning Commissioner Ross Hillesheim. The last show, I've invited him back, and I'm so glad I did this beautiful morning so we can get those answers. I'm grateful to him, as I am one of those people who like to know how things work. Welcome back to our show, Commissioner Hillesheim. Michael, thank you for having me. Last week we spoke and uh, we were kind of stuck on this housing element uh, situation. And when I say housing element situation is the plan, how the state HCD is requiring Contra Costa County to zone and build 7,700 units within eight to 10 years. What about that, Ross? I mean, geez, it, it... wasn't that way in the past, was it? No, Michael, it wasn't. I think that's one of the major things that the
1: public and people have uh, have been alerted to. The last cycle, which was the previous 8 to 10 years, the state required Contra Costa County to zone and build 1,800 new units. So this is more than four times the amount of the previous cycles. I think that's what people are being alerted to.
0: When I was in business school, they always talked about how the policing authority at the local level was zoning, the policing authority. But now we feel like perhaps it's coming more from the state level. We're getting more policing from the state level, telling our our local level people what to do. And if they don't do what they're told to do, then it's an issue. So in your position as a county commissioner, you're having to do a little bit of a dance between what is really good for the community and the the county as opposed to what you're being told to do is is that not saying it accurately or or what you're right i I think you hit the nail on the head there it it is a
1: fine line that i walk internally to think well i am pro development i'm also pro smart development and uh, planning things out correctly when when mandates come down from the state to us local residents and local commissions, it sure sometimes can push us sideways. You know, the, the things for LA County are different than Contra Costa County or Calusa County or Yolo County. They're, that's one of the great things about the state of California. All these different neighborhoods and environments, not one mandate from Sacramento works for everyone.
0: Yeah, not one shoe fits all, that's for certain. A lot of people call us out to take a look at their house and say, well, what would you do? Would you in, improve the kitchen? Would you improve the bedrooms or the bathrooms? What would you do? And it definitely is in, It's actually dependent on what that house is uh, as far as structure, deferred maintenance, and so forth. In the county, you have the same kind of thing. One shoe does not fit all. It has to be adapted to fit, in your case, uh, as a planning commissioner, it has to fit the community and the residents of the community, or that shoe does not work.
1: You're right. You, you're you exactly right there. I, I want to bring to your attention and the listeners' attention, this last Wednesday night, a uh, couple days ago, there was a public hearing, and about 60 people showed up to hear a subdivision in their backyard. And this is all public information. You can watch the hearing uh, now online at Contra Costa County's website people are people are getting involved and they're noticing hey sometimes 10 homes in my backyard
0: doesn't make sense to me no. You know, the problem today is that everybody is working so hard. The the man and the woman in a house or the man and the man or whatever the situation would be. Everyone is generating an income to make ends meet. And they get so busy that at the end of their day, after they get home, they're not wanting to go to a planning commission meeting. They're not wanting to go to the board of supervisors meeting. They're not wanting to do that because They're tired. And I understand that. But when your interests are to not put you know, 100 houses behind yours uh, blocking all of the open space and the environmental um, uh, lands that may be there, you have to become involved. You have to go to the planning commission meetings. You have to be a voice. You have to be a voice with the board of supervisors. You have to be a voice, especially in situations like the housing element report that's coming in. You know, there are definitely some places that because of that, the state is facing a housing crisis so they say there has to be some places where these units can be placed that will be good for uh, a developer that would want to come in and take a risk to to build these homes i would think
1: yeah you bet there are a lot of there are a lot of properties county owned properties uh, privately owned properties that are uh, that are available for uh, more housing and that the county has strategically zoned for more density. I think uh, it, it's really important to note that we want vibrant communities. We want single family residences. We want apartment complex. We want high density. I, I, one of one of my college internships was in New York City, and I lived in a in a one-bedroom apartment with three other guys. So I know at that stage of my life, I lived in that small place. That was the stage of life I was in, and I loved it. Um, now that I have a family, a single-family home with a backyard is something that's really important to me. This is one of the lovely things I like about California, master planned Jurisdictions and communities. We have schools in certain areas, industrial buildings in certain areas, apartment buildings in certain areas, and that's strategically planned. They're not all bunched up together. Yeah. No one wants to live behind an industrial building, right? No. So, um, I think our our county staff has done a great job of, of li- of also walking this fine line of listening to the residents and also listening to the state. I know for a fact that the county staff has done a good job of trying to balance or even lower some of the density requirements in certain neighborhoods because those neighborhoods were not open to it. Mm -hmm. Um, And other
0: neighborhoods are more open to it. Mm. One of the things I learned uh, last week was that you said that there's several steps, even after this density could be approved for a certain location within the county, there's still several steps before a developer can come in and actually get permits and start building. So let's just review this housing element proposal. Let's talk about the procedure one more time in summary, if you don't mind. Okay. So the housing element
1: is a mandate from the housing and community department from the state of California, from Sacramento. So the state or the Sacramento goes out to each jurisdiction and says Contra Costa County, Walnut Creek, San Francisco you're required to zone and possibly build
0: X amount of units over the next eight years wow, how can they require a county to build them? Simply by changing the zoning. But how can they require a county to build those units? How can they require a county to force the taxpayer, ratepayers, to pay more money for the infrastructure to support those particular units of addition that they're talking about? How can they do that?
1: I know, that's such a great question, and it actually, this is where the rubber hits the road for people, right? How is this going to be paid? What's going to happen? I think, number one, people should know as you see your PG&E bill, it goes up. As PG&E has problems, they push those extra, extra costs onto the ratepayer. Boy, do they ever! The same thing will happen with water, sewer, stormwater. This all as as infrastructure needs to be improved because more housing's coming online. The
0: ratepayers will have to pay. will have to pay more. Yeah, and we're talking about infrastructure. We're talking about. Uh, infrastructure to support the additional units, the high density units that they are wanting to put into the areas of Contra Costa County, in this case, San Francisco, all of these other counties too. We're talking about the additional infrastructure required. We're talking about policing. We're talking about fire and emergency services, disaster preparedness. We're talking about things such as water. How are we going to service these new units with water? Is there enough water to do that? What about a drought year? How does that work? And then what about sewage? What about that? What about schools? Are you gonna to have to build new schools in order to be able to service this new, these new added high density areas? How is that being paid? And your answer is? Through the taxpayer,
1: through the ratepayer in the oh local my gosh. community. Now I feel like it's it's important to note that as new housing comes online, higher density housing comes online, that local that developer or property owner who is paying for the development, they're going to have to pay for connections to water and sewer and connections to PG and E but they don't necessarily have to pay for the betterment of the improved infrastructure down the line. Mm. In in a community here uh, in Contra Costa County within the last year or two, a water main broke and literally flooded an intersection and almost flooded a school. It I, I don't know exactly why it broke, but I can tell you this. The water main had been there for, I want to say, 50 or 60 years. Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen is this new high density or new housing housing that will be tied into or connected to water lines that are 50 years old, who's to say those water lines are okay?
0: Yeah. They're going
1: to need to be improved. And the rate payers, the rate,
0: the rate payers will have to pay. Yeah. We haven't even talked about roads, you know, like there's several communities that where proposed high density housing is, um, is at consideration or has been approved at this point at the state level? We don't know, but These areas, those roads, if there's a single road in and out of the community, I can think of Moraga. You know, what are you going to do? You're going to add a bunch of homes out there in Moraga where there's only, you know, so limited access to those areas for police and fire? I know where I live, there's one road, and that road when the people are picking their kids up from the elementary school becomes jammed. If there's anything that happens on the adjacent freeway, it's jammed, and you can't move, you're stopped. Well, what happens in a natural disaster such as an earthquake in that case, how do you get out of those areas? How do you protect yourself? And it's it's definitely a problem. And I'm probably up on my my soapbox a little bit too much right now. But I I like to see good things happen. I like to see great things happen. We're gonna take a short break. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Real Estate Minute with RE-MAX expert, Michael Hatfield. Michael, what traits should we look for in selecting an agent? Look for a deal maker with a positive attitude who will work tirelessly for you. An agent who is adept in multiple offer situations, drafting contracts, marketing and advertising a client's home, is familiar with multiple cultures, experienced in mortgage financing, inspections, and escrow is a huge asset to his client. What can you do as a plus for clients? Your agent is your eyes and your ears. One who works behind the scenes on your behalf. A great attitude, working well with others, and keeping clients' priorities number one is a given for us.
1: Call 925-322-7775 now to schedule an appointment or complimentary
0: home analysis for excellence in real estate call the michael hatfield remax team at 925-322-7775 or go to michaelhatfieldhomes.com now back to our show brad from my local area had a question he wanted me to ask you and he said what factors does the planning commission consider when increasing the population density of an area targeted for the housing element proposal?
1: I mean, that's a great question from Brad. Um, what elements do we consider for a new housing project? Um, number one, we're gonna take staff recommendation. Staff is going to review the application for months to determine if it's suitable for the, the neighborhood. Number two, we're gonna take neighborhood and community involvement. I would just, I would say, I would suggest to your listeners, I have an open door. Uh, You want to contact me? Contact me. And actually, as an applicant or developer or a neighbor, you should reach out to the Planning Commission. You should reach out to them and say, hey, there's a development coming in I want you to be aware of. This is how we feel as neighbors, if it's good or not. I rarely get uh, reached out to by the neighbors, but when I I am reached out to, I for sure take into consideration what they think.
0: Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, we're talking with uh, Ross Hillesheim. He is a planning commissioner, Contra Costa County. He has been on the show in the past, like last week. We had to bring him back to, have to share some more questions and answers that we had because we couldn't get to all of them last week. And now we're talking about questions that we have from the community. And he's he's just talked about the uh, requirements that, that are considered, in order to increase the population density? How is it actually uh, determined for a specific area? There's another question that is somewhat related. It says, uh, this one's from Anna, and it says, does the PC have established limits in how much you can expand a given area before the infrastructure has to be increased to accommodate?
1: Yeah, the answer to that is yes. These different properties that are within the housing elements the staff, county staff, County Planning Commission, and the neighbors have been able to weigh in on how far, how far out we can expand housing at what density.
0: Mm. You know, folks, you have to get involved. I know everybody is so busy. Everybody is so busy earning a living, paying their house payments, paying their mortgage spend, paying that big PG&E bill that we all are, you know, suffering with at the moment. You you have to be involved. If you're if you're not involved, what happens is it just goes on and on and on. So you know, reach out to Ross. Uh, we're talking with Ross Hillesheim, County Planning Commissioner here of Contra Costa County. He'd be happy to talk one to one with you, I suppose, one to one, and to answer your questions uh, in regards to uh, what's going on with the housing elements at this point or any other item or factor that they deal with at the county planning commission. A resident, uh, when they're involved, you feel better about yourself. Uh, I'm not trying to, to say anything other than that. You feel better about yourself because you're doing what you can. And it's like with a donation to a charitable organization. You can't solve all of the problems, but you can do what you can do. And when you are involved by going to the Planning Commission or the Board of Supervisors meetings, then you're in a position to where you're going to feel better about it. And also, you know, you're the result of your own actions, you know, of how many homes are being built uh, right on your doorstep. So anyway. It's a, I had a question, Ross. This is me now. In Contra Costa County, there's two Assembly people, and those Assembly people are very important up in Sacramento. How did they vote on this increased housing density where it used to be 1,800? Now they're asking 7,700 for Contra Costa County. Who are the uh, Assembly people in uh, Contra Costa County?
1: Yeah, uh, that's another great, another great question. This, these laws are started in the state assembly. So I would recommend to the listeners to reach out to your state assembly person and let them know how you feel about certain issues. Our two state assembly people are uh, Rebecca Bauer Kahan and uh, Tim Grayson. Mm. Both of them have voted for increased density and increased um, uh, housing in, in in every jurisdiction in the state. Right. So, but you know, if, if your if your listeners have uh, an opinion on this, they should reach out to those assembly people. They're they're
0: up for re-election every two years, and I'm sure they want to hear from their voters. And also, the board of supervisors for your specific county is really important. The people in your county that that actually transacts the business that you advise on on items such as this, you, they, people should reach out to the board of supervisors. Maybe attend the meeting once in a while, be involved, be part of it. It's, it's an important activity for anybody, I would say.
1: You bet, I agree, our, our Board of Supervisors is a vibrant great group of five people and they do oversee this land use, these land use issues from a county, from a county level where advisory, the planning commission is advisory on many issues. Mm-hmm. The buck stops at the board's level. And you know what? It should be that way because they're held accountable to the voters.
0: Okay. So let's um, semi-close the door on this housing element for the moment. Let's talk about infrastructure planning in Contra Costa County. I'm sure that there has to be key infrastructure projects that are currently underway. What are some of these projects and how will these infrastructure projects impact the county's growth and development?
1: Another great question. I think one of the things that's commonly overseen or you know, n- not seen in our county is the amount of heavy industry and refineries that are in Contra Costa County. The Bay Area has five refineries. Contra Costa County has four of those five. Chevron, Phillips, Marathon, and one other, a smaller refiner. I two of those refineries are going through, I believe, 1 billion dollar renovations mm. to to now refine and process cleaner fuels. This is a little bit of the business that I'm in, but this came to the planning commission from a EIR perspective years ago, and each two of the refineries are now hiring local labor to renovate each one of the refineries. I think it's 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 really special I don't think very many people in the county know about it that's uh, those refineries have been here for longer than all we have literally since the early 1900s and they provide a lot of jobs they provide energy and the county works with those refineries to make sure we have energy and to make sure they're
0: compliant with clean air and clean water, which we all want to. Exactly. Is there any other infrastructure projects currently underway before the housing element causes there to be? I I can't I can't think of any at this um, moment. Right. You know when I was a kid there were vibrant small business on every corner. You go down to the corner grocery store, you would You know, buy candy, you pick up this or that for mom everyone would trade in a particular small business and as the large box stores came into existence the little man has found it very difficult to compete they've actually went away um, it reminds me of a song that you know I love country music Alan Jackson wrote it called the Little Man and I realized that if I trade my business where I have some relationship with a business owner not only am I supporting this business small business which is better because you're supporting residents when I buy their but I'm, I'm actually receiving valuable customer service. Have you tried to get any type of customer service in a box store lately? You can't can't get anybody to help you, but how much is trading at a small business worth to you personally? That's what I'm asking our listeners. And I love to see small business come in and develop in a specific area in lieu of a huge, huge operation. If we had anything going on for economic development to help small businesses come into, uh, into your county? I
1: love it. This is something that strikes home with me. I was uh, raised by a business owner. My father was a mechanic, had five or seven employees for probably 40 years. I grew up in the mechanic shop, literally cleaning the walls and sweeping the floors. And every car that went went in and out of my dad's shop, I vacuumed and cleaned. So small business is really important to me. I'm a small business owner. I know that within our general plan, The county has identified economic incentives to help small business and drive business to this county. It's one of the things that if we're gonna have more housing and more people living in the county, they need places to work. And these local small business owners and businesses are the backbone of our of our economy. When I look at Amazon, we get an Amazon package delivered. There's no customer service. The package just shows up. It's great. We love it. Yeah. At the same time, going to the local store, working with the local contractor, working with the local, whoever it is, agent, is super important. So to me... This is something that we need We need to focus on.
0: Disaster preparedness and response. I know that the Planning Commission is involved with uh, that particular area. So, turning our attention to uh, disaster preparedness and response, we're all familiar with what occurred as a result from the wildfire disasters. We're in residential real estate. We do some commercial real estate, but we're constantly plagued now by who is going to insure the homeowner when we sell a new home. The, we've seen State Farm leave the state. We've seen other insurance carriers leave the state because of the result of the wildfire disasters that we had before. What what in Planning Commission's purview is uh, being done to perhaps stop that chain effect from affecting the taxpayer rate ratepayer uh, residents as the wildfires have?
1: Yeah, uh, another hot topic item. I would say two things. There's many things to answer that, but two that come to the top of my mind. Number one is fire safety. When there are fires in neighborhoods, we need to make sure people, we need, number one, make sure people can get out safely, right? Through roads, roads. intersection, that's very important. We also need to make sure that fire trucks can get in So when you plan a subdivision or plan a housing uh, development, you as a applicant developer need to work with the local fire department to make sure their equipment, the high rise uh, engine, whatever it is, can get close enough to the property to extinguish the fire. That's one of the major things that the county staff and us planning commissioners oversee in a in an approval process and it's very it's very interesting right as we have a lot of parks and a lot of vegetation in this community or in this county which we love we need to make sure that those fire hazards are are actually what extinguished or mitigated the best we can wow the the second point is traffic if there's a traffic jam and there's, if there's an emergency and there's a traffic jam, we have a big problem. People sit in cars, they can't get out. Um, emergency services can't get in. So we look at traffic a lot. We rely on traffic engineers from the city or from the county. We rely on traffic engineers from the developer to basically, quote, battle it out, to make sure traffic is OK and suitable for any kind of event. God. Now, it's this, this a hot topic issue. And uh, I would this is, again, why I would say come and get involved. See this? Yeah.
0: For the con- County of Contra Costa County, the Planning Commission advises with all of these sizable components. They advise on housing, environmental, community engagement, infrastructure planning, economic development, disaster preparedness and response. What are some of the biggest challenges you see, Commissioner Hillashine?
1: I'm seeing the things that we that we've been speaking about. Yeah. Housing. Pretty this much. is this is it. People want more housing, yet they want Uh, appropriate planned housing and at what densities. That's the biggest issue I see and then I also think community involvement.
0: Yeah. Come back to that meeting again. Everybody needs to be at the Planning Commission meetings. Once in a while go to the Board of uh, board meetings, go to go to the local Alamo Improvement Association, go to these little local places and become involved. What are the biggest opportunities that you see in Contra Costa County?
1: I'm going to kind of wrap it up. I love Contra Costa County because of the diversity. Let me go to, I, I, I used to do Ironman triathlons and used to run marathons. I love running and riding my bike on Mount Diablo or through Las Trampas or out in Briones or out in the Pittsburgh area. These are phenomenal open space areas that are, one, are on one end of the spectrum. Number two, we have the heavy industry, the refineries and the heavy industry that create jobs and energy in this community. We're not, a, like, we're not another county like, I don't know, maybe Marin County has no heavy industry. They're all just expensive homes. Yeah. Here, we have a melting pot of blue collar, labor, moms and dads, people who love the environment, right? And want to protect the environment. What do I see uh, us doing? We need to come together and stop, stop pointing fingers at one's, one's bad and the we're good and they're bad. We all love these things and need these things in our community. The dialogue needs to happen and the
0: divisiveness needs to be ratcheted down. What a great show. So informative and useful to us all. A big hearty thank you to Contra Costa County Planning Commissioner Ross Hillesheim for cluing us in on how the Planning Commission works. Items on the table currently at the moment. Thank you, Commissioner Hillesheim, for sharing two times with us. Michael Hatfield, thank you so much. It's time for a short break. You've been listening to The Real Estate and More Show, interesting people, hot topics, and Bay Area real estate. Listen to archived real estate and more shows at michaelhatfieldhomes.com slash radio or The Real Estate and More Show can be heard on demand on podcast platforms such as Spotify, Amazon, Apple, iHeart, Pandora and most other platforms as well. I'm your host Michael Hatfield. And I'm thanking you and we'll be right back with our next special guest. Stay tuned.